0: What is up everybody and welcome to Tailgate Talks. This is week 77 and you're listening to the Tailgate, where we discuss anything going on in the sports world that doesn't involve Texas Tech. If you want to catch what we have to say about the latest in Texas Tech sports, go check out our Club Red episode uh, from this week. Also, Make sure you are following us on Apple and Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings. We would greatly appreciate that. And if you listen on Apple, hit us with the review. Um, Let us know what you think of the show, what we could work on. Anything and everything is always welcome here. Also, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at telgate underscore talks. If you want to follow our personal accounts, you can follow Dustin at Dustin Wimmer. Twenty-two. You can follow myself at Calvin B Barrett. You can also follow our Facebook and Instagram. Uh, our Facebook is where we do our live shows every week, uh, so follow us there. Also, follow our YouTube page where we post little bite-sized videos from each podcast uh, there for you to catch. If you can't catch the whole episode, you can catch you know five to seven minutes of it there. And lastly, any uh, thoughts, questions, comments send them to our email tailgate talks pod at gmail.com let's get into this week's tailgate all right dustin the final four is set a blue blood final four. The blue four. The blue four, which will make for an exciting final four for sure. But let's kind of break down how we got to that point uh, from the last time we talked to you guys, where the Sweet 16 was set, uh, Till now. Let's we'll start off with the West region. That was the region that Texas Tech was in. We, of course, know Tech lost to Duke. But on the other side of the bra- part of the bracket, Arkansas upset Gonzaga you know, was the game before us and got us all hopeful of thinking, oh, man, yeah. if we can beat Duke, like, the path just got a lot easier. Yep. Did you? What did you think about that Arkansas upset?
1: It looked like Arkansas handled them really well. And, yeah, got my hopes up. Cause of course, oh, don't have to go through the one seed, get the four seed, and Duke beat their ass. So, like, kind of makes you a little disappointed you couldn't pull it out. Um, but it's just funny to see Gonzaga not – meet expectations again and these are probably the highest expectations they've ever had like even better than last year's team yeah and now if you can't do it now with this kind of team and you know the seniors of like drew timmy coming back you got a top five pick and chet holmgren and the number one guy like man like is it ever going to happen for them probably not like i don't know. You can tell, though, like, them not being in a big basketball conference hurts them when they get to the tournament because they can't play five straight hard games. Like, I I had this conversation with Bryn during their game, like, while they were losing, and it's like, well, yeah, they go through St. Mary's Mm -hmm. and San Francisco, and sure, they schedule a couple non-conference tough games, but they don't do it, like, back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Yeah. Like, try playing Texas Baylor – at Kansas and then swing over to West Virginia real quick. Like go through a five game stretch in the Big Twelve. That's why it's good to play in these big basketball conferences. Like it, it just gets you ready for these type of games. That they, they can't handle it obviously.
0: Like you said, if not now then win for them because you know they were good all those years with that before they were getting these top recruits and now you got Jalen Suggs, couldn't win with him. Nope. You got Chet Holmgren, nope. you didn't win with him. So just kind of where is it going to – where is it going to fall into place for them, and, you know, I, I don't really know when it will. I'm sure at some point, like, they're like maybe the odds have to fall in their favor at one time. But like you said, you know, this is their toughest three-game stretch that they faced since, you know, the early part of the season, you know, having to play – and they're not even, you know, playing the top tier of, of college basketball in the no. tournament, and they couldn't get through it yet. So
1: And if they want to claim like they played us, like, we weren't good then –
0: yeah we're a completely different team back then and you know yeah it's just it's tough to do that and then time and time again it's just that point gets proven you know last year was kind of an odd one but uh yeah so tough for them but ultimately duke ends up prevailing from the west region coach k's legacy gets to live on Uh, they pretty much dominated arkansas to get to the final four so your thoughts on Coach K's return to his 13th and record-breaking Final Four appearance.
1: Yeah, of course. That's how the storybook is going to go. Uh, funnest fact I heard is he he's never been to a Final Four in New Orleans.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so even the stretch of like he made like eight out of ten at one point, and the two he missed were New Orleans. <laughs> so
0: That's crazy. So,
1: him and Duke fans won't know what to do there. I mean –
0: I'm and sure. this is the first time they ever won the West region, I think was the other kind of weird stat. Like they've never made it from the West region right. to the final four. Yeah. So, they don't
1: do good, good going West. It,
0: it, yeah. It, it kind of bums you out because you think if you beat Duke, you could definitely be in that final four. And yep. you were definitely the team that played them the best in that whole region. So it kind of always leaves you thinking, but at least if you're going to lose to somebody, at least you lost to the team that, that, you know, kind of dominated everybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Duke prevails from the West region. Uh, the South region saw Houston upset Arizona in the sweet 16. Something we talked about here on the podcast last week, something that we are kind of expecting. And then that went according to the plan Houston kind of in control that whole game. Uh, was able to take it to Arizona and <coughs> they met up with Villanova who topped Michigan in the sweet 16 Villanova in a hard fought, I of Big Twelve type matchup knocked off Houston uh, to return to their uh, third Final Four and since like 2016 something yeah. like that. So what did you think about how the South Region played out with Villanova? I think that's what you predicted last week.
1: But I went back to double check, and yeah, that's exactly how I thought it'd go. I knew Houston would give Arizona some problems. Um, kind of glad to see them get upset because I guess a lot of the bunch of riders and a bunch of the people like from Pac12 like were love in Arizona and had them as a dark horse and favorite I guess and I didn't I never bought into it but uh Villanova like I thought when we talked last week like they look like the best team going into this right now and they proved it I think
0: I would say that until one of their best players uh, man that happens yeah Tour is Achilles at the end of that Houston game so that's definitely gonna change their dynamic kind of yeah. down the stretch but um, yeah I mean they're a team that makes you really have to beat them you have to play a damn near perfect game yeah uh, to beat them and then they make free throws so <laughs> uh, they're just kind of good at everything. Uh, all around, and they have that veteran leadership. Yep. So Villanova makes their way to the Final Four, another blue blood program. And then out of the Midwest region, Big 12 zone, the last remaining Big 12 team, Kansas, not a lot of excitement in this uh, <laughs> region, really. Kansas defeated Providence, Miami knocked off Iowa State, and then Kansas, and one of the most dominant halves of a tournament game that you'll see in a while absolutely destroyed Miami in the second half to send them back to the Final Four. Dustin, a team that Tech's familiar with, played them three times this season. Yep. What do you think about the Jayhawks returning to the Final Four? Yeah, not surprised to have them in my
1: championship game. Love them after we have had great battles with them all year. I think they're one of the best teams, very hard for teams to match up with. Um, with their size and skill that they have. And, man, that run they had second half, incredible. Literally, it's like if you asked him, hey, how was – when did you all make the run? Oh, after halftime, the whole yeah. second half. It was like 47 to 15 or 49 to 15. 15 points in the second half by Miami. Yeah, Miami wow. was winning at
0: halftime. And, like, the looked like The whole
1: second they... half was your run. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It was crazy. Just a, an absurd second-half performance from Kansas, and I don't even feel like their players are are playing like a, at that amazing level that you expect them to. Uh, Baji had been kind of struggling in this tournament. Um, Christian Brown was kind of struggling in the tournament. So uh, I think this was a team that last week after reevaluating everything, they were a, a team that I kind of picked to win. Yeah. this tournament. And so um impressed by their couple wins there to get back to uh, final four for Bill Self and keep that streak of big 12 teams making a final four alive as we've been. Uh, I think we have the longest streak out of all the conferences right now. And the last region was the most chaotic region yes. of all of them. We got to continue to witness the Peacocks. Yes. Peter's Peacocks continued their historic run with a big upset. Over number three seeded Purdue, uh, let's just kind of give some more shine to the Peacocks. Yeah. You got to watch some of that game. I was watching the Tech Texas game, so I didn't. I so I caught like bits and pieces, bits and pieces of it. I caught the end uh, when they knocked them off. What'd you think about the Peacocks being the first 15 seed to ever reach the Elite Eight?
1: Yeah, I had to watch Peacocks just in case it was you know at the end of their run, which it wasn't, which was amazing to watch. Like. Purdue is huge and has a top ten pick in Ivy, and they were able to handle them. And the way St. Peter's is like, they make like hockey subs, like five at a time, and they're not scared either. Like, they're not scared. Doug's not scared. They're they have a couple big men that like no, they're not seven foot plus like Purdue's, but they weren't scared of them. They were playing hard ass defense and. Like, it made me really appreciate it because, you know, Tech is a hard-ass defense-type team, and that's what St. Peter's was doing. Man, Purdue couldn't get an answer, and it was so fun to watch them,
0: like, pull it out and get one more game out of it. Yeah, stole the nation's hearts. We all sure. love a Cinderella run, and this has been the biggest Cinderella run of all of them. So it was really fun to watch them. And unfortunately, their run came to an end against the North Carolina Tar Heels in the Elite Eight. North Carolina knocked off UCLA in the Sweet Sixteen, and then uh, in St. Pierre's run to make it the you know true blue blood <laughs> Final Four. And their terrific run here at the end of the season continues. And Dustin, thoughts on the Tar Heels and their journey to the Final Four as the 8th seed.
1: They're probably the hottest team going into all this. with How they ended the season, you know, ending Coach K's ceremony at home and then how they went through. I don't know how their ACC tournament went, to be honest, but then they lit it on fire once the real tournament started. So. They're hot, and if you can you know they have the athletes like they're not. Don't look at the eight seed and be like, oh, they must have a down year. No, they probably just got tripped up a few times. Like Brady Manic doesn't miss threes all of a sudden. Yeah, like they he's have automatic. the second. Like they're they're not like a scrub type North Carolina team. No, they still have four and five star recruits.
0: Yeah, if, you know, for whatever reason, they just didn't start clicking until this time of year. You know, that's kind of to be expected when you lose a legend like Roy Williams as your coach. You mm-hmm. go kind of through this transition period with a new coach and, uh, you know, new faces on this yeah. team. But they figured it out and they look like a really damn good and, team right now.
1: And I mean, I'm glad they beat St. Peter's, you know, St. Peter's going into the final 4 would have been a cool story, but Duke yeah, just beat gonna... the shit out of them.
0: Yeah, Duke. It wouldn't have yeah. been
1: pretty and like we don't want to see Peacock get killed like that. Yeah. So it was glad I was glad they beat Purdue to make the Elite Eight so they can hang that banner up and right. then yeah, cut
0: it short before like you really get embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. And I think everybody started to see once Duke knocked us off and it was like, uh oh, this is gonna be Duke in North Carolina, isn't oh, it? Yeah. Like the stars aligned in their first meeting ever in the tournament yep, shapes up for this weekend. So our final four Duke versus North Carolina, Villanova versus Kansas, Dustin, who do you got coming out from this uh, winning at all? Now we've had to readjust our title picks like multiple times here. Hey, uh, I still I have
1: Kansas in the team. You champions. still got
0: Kansas. My, my bracket was the worst bracket I've ever made in my entire life. I didn't yeah. get a single. I don't think I got a single final four team.
1: Yeah, I'll uh, give y'all a
0: bracket update after we
1: talk about this Final Four because a lot has shaken out. <laughs> um, first, I'll go Villanova-Kansas. I think with that injury to Villanova, that really hurts them to have enough firepower to keep up with Kansas in depth. Um, with that, I think this could have been a one hell of a game and coin toss type game. Like I think Kansas should not easily win this, but win by a couple possessions here to advance. Duke, North Carolina, imagine this, having this in the storybook of Coach K's final season. I don't see how Duke loses at this point, especially after what North Carolina did at his last Coach uh, Cameron Indoor game and yeah. a chance to go to the National Championship to win it for him, all those things and storylines. And they're playing really good, too. I, mean, I think they can, they can handle North Carolina. They beat North Carolina by 20 at – north carolina earlier this year so i got duke and kansas in the championship
0: yeah i've got kansas beating villanova i really think that injury for villanova kind of derails them and um you know kansas is a really good physical basketball team um i think it's going to be a fun game but i think kansas just has too much right now so i think they prevail man if you're north carolina fan oh this is the best is it but if you lose this game if you, you still lose get to hold
1: it over their heads that you beat him his last game. At so
0: you, I think you're you know, in a no lose situation, really. Okay, uh, man, I don't know because they hate, they hate, hate, hate Duke on, on a level that, like, I think you're in mean, a no lose. But man, the ceiling if
1: you win, oh, yeah, oh, I mean if you get a, so if you get a I, not only,
0: yeah, the the chances of that, like if you get end, you know his coaching career at Cameron Indoor with a loss and then end his oh. career with a loss. Like this is the sweetest season ever. Like they probably don't even care if they win the national championship at that point, that would just be the cherry on top. But I mean, if you ended his career with a loss and then your season gets ended by coach K in the tournament, I I feel like North Carolina fans would, have rather just lost to like UCLA or something in the tournament and not had that, happen i don't know
1: i think they i think they're loving this i don't know i was listening to
0: bomani talk about it and he hates duke and he was like man i would rather just not plan to play them at all in the tournament i would rather not ended with like a but who knows who knows if that's how uh, i think if 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 duke goes on to
1: win it you would wish you were here to try to mess it up for him yeah you know if they don't go in it then sure you
0: can be like oh whatever yeah, uh, but at least you get to control it, you know, I guess in that way. You're like, yeah, we, we're we the team that has the opportunity here. So, it's an interesting matchup. I, Yeah, I think this goes Duke. I, for some reason, I feel like it's written in the stars that Coach I K is going to cut down the nets. It just it feels like it's going to go that way. We're going to have I some agree. bizarre ref officiating calls, and it's going to end up with Duke cutting down the nets. It's just this – it's just how it feels right now for me. I guess we're both leaning into Duke to yes. pull down, uh, cut down the nets on this one. Yep. So, But I, I don't want them to. I'll let that be clear. I do not want Duke to. It's just how I feel like things are going right now. And that's how legends in their careers right at the top. So that is what we've got in the final four. Uh, we're excited for it. We will have a shot bet on Duke, North Carolina, and on the national championship game. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, pay attention to our socials, and Dustin, you're going to update us on our tournament bracket Ooh. challenge as we come down to the wire here. A lot of team, a lot of people don't really have the opportunity to get more points, <laughs> no. but there's some that do. Uh, yeah, so I wait until the final
1: four is set to do our update. Man, it's not pretty if you look at that challenge. So Fifty people in there, brutal. Picovex. Pretty much got the one spot solidified. He's got the most points and the most potential set. Three of the final four of his final four teams are still there and his full champ game and his champ. Yeah, he's, he's the he's only gone. one that has Duke winning this whole thing. So if they do go out and win it, he wins by a mile. Now if he loses that, that's an it could get fun. Um the rest of the top ten don't have a chance. I mean, no one has much more points or much more to get. And everybody had Gonzaga or Tech out of that group. So they're pretty much stuck. Ones that still have a good chance, like can get over 1,000 points still. Jillian can still get there. And everybody else that's left has Kansas winning. So So if we we don't get Kansas in there (laughs) and we get Villanova, this whole group is just shit. are
0: <laughs> <laughs> like the worst tournament group. groups ever. <laughs> yeah,
1: you got Sarah Gilmore, uh, John Salters, Crystal Salazar, Bryn's dad. Elena still has Kansas in there. Um, they can barely get over a thousand points. Um, so, like, the fight for second and third still get some money is out there. Uh, but yeah, if Kansas loses
0: on Saturday, then <laughs> this is pretty much over. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Uh, shout out to the few people who yeah. are still alive in that. Um, as I mentioned, my bracket is just complete yeah, shit. It's so, probably uh, the worst bracket I've ever done. So shout out <laughs> to a few people
1: here. Uh, our buddy Lane, he's in last place and can't get any more. Lane. Congrats. <laughs> Lane. Our buddy Destry, he's done with 350. Talking Tech Podcasts only had 360, 360 points. They're way down there in 45th. Brooks tied for 41st with 400 points. My buddy Eric. Roger right above him with three with 39, 430. I still can get some more points here. I'm in 36, 450 points, but can still get Kansas, can carry me a little further and get me up to 6'10". <laughs> Man,
0: Big time. just devastating. Just absolutely devastating. <laughs>
1: so, well, Kansas is all I have left. Nobody that i mentioned there at the bottom can do anything else. So, man, with all the parity this year, it's not surprising that the bracket challenge was the hardest it's ever been either. But, of course, with all the parity, we still end up with four blue blood type teams in the final four. They rose to the top.
0: Two two seeds and one seed. (laughs) So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, a (laughs) lot of it was my confidence in Tech knocking off Duke. Uh, that just kind of didn't really count Duke a, as a chance. I didn't really see Villanova because I just, I don't know. I hadn't paid attention to them. Felt like they were going to fall. Okay, it's not shocking. I was fooled by SEC teams like a lot of people were. But we will update you guys next week on who wins the bracket challenge. And when you get your reward, all we ask of you <coughs> is that you make sure you're following <coughs> us. Excuse you, Dustin. Um, Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and in order to receive that money, we would ask that you send us a screenshot of your uh, five star review on Spotify or your five star review and a rate on Apple. So um, we will let y'all know next week on that. But Dustin, we got a little NFL news to discuss this week. A big trade happened, of course, right after we recorded last week. So. Let's talk some NFL. Are you
1: ready for some football? All right, a little bit of NFL talk, not as much as we have been with, you know, the draft coming up in a month away. The free agency is going to die down for a little bit. Nothing huge is probably going to happen. But, of course, as soon as we're going to end last week and get some podcasts out, Tyreek Hill gets traded from the Kansas City Chiefs To the Miami Dolphins for five draft picks. I was pretty shocked by it at first just because I'm not used to seeing this type of player, especially like link this close to this type of team and how they play, get shipped off like out of nowhere. Like there wasn't like grumblings. Like once it kind of floated out there, he wanted a new contract. They gave him one. He was like, "Mm, I want more. And they were like, well after I separated and listened to a lot of things over like Thursday and Friday, I think it's a good move for both sides. I think Kansas city, you know, if you do give Tyree kill a five year deal, it's probably only going to be good for that for the next two, maybe three years. And then you're going to be really screwed those last two years um, roster wise and being able to sign guys. Like you're going to be pretty shitty. And with how the AFC is shaking out this year and for the next few years, it's gonna be hell of a hurdle to get to the Super Bowl from the AFC. Now, with this trade, twelve picks, you still have Travis Kelsey, you still have Pat Mahomes, you still have a really good roster. You can reload the roster up and be better off for more long term, similar to kind of like what the Packers have done for the last 10, 12 years. Like They've made a lot of playoffs and a lot of NFC championship games. And, like, that's a big, big part of it is having the long-term success with Pat Mahomes I think is where they were angling this rather than two more years and then we're really struggling to rebuild this thing. So that's where I'm at with it. Good move for both sides. Miami's obviously all in on their side of it. Brooks, what do you think, man? Are you shocked by it? Are you okay with it? Yeah,
0: I think like most everybody in the football world like was shocked by this when the news dropped and how fast it happened too. Because I mean, once the news broke that he was requesting a trade
1: like 10 minutes
0: later, it was like it's the Jets and Dolphins. And then 10 minutes later, it's like the trade's done with the Dolphins. He's going to Miami. It was so fast. It was just completely unexpected. But I'm with you. I do think that this is better for both sides. I think for the Chiefs, like, you've got a lot of money already tied up in a lot of players, and do you want to tie up a lot of money in a guy who's reliant on speed and what happens when that speed, like, isn't there for him to rely on anymore? Defenses are already playing that too high safety to try to take away the top from them, yeah. and that really affected them this last year. So I think the Chiefs are trying to figure out a new identity. Yeah. And and so I think it's a right move for them. And like you said, they got a lot of draft capital now. Um, they can even go trade to get a receiver that they want to fit into their system. I'm more interested on the Dolphins side of this Ooh. because for me that this is like do or die time for oh, two yeah. now, like the pressure is on. Cause if he's not good this year, he's done Like he's not going to be the starting quarterback there. No. This is a, we want to compete. We want to have chances at making the playoffs and win the super bowl. And they've got studs there now with Jalen Waddle and um, Tyree kill now. They have other good l- weapons and pieces there, too. Like, they've, you know, spent a lot of money on their offensive line. They've tried to do everything they can. It's right there for Tua to take it if he wants. If he doesn't, then, you know, I don't really think he can be a starting quarterback of no, this totally league.
1: I totally agree. Yeah, Miami brought in Lyle Collins from the Cowboys, Cedric Wilson yeah. from the Cowboys. They signed Armstead. Armstead. Who was the number one tackle out of this free agency class. Like, yeah. He has protection. He has weapons. I mean, like I just said with the Chiefs kind of not going all in on the next two years. The Dolphins are very all in on the next – this year Mm -hmm. and next. Like, they need it to happen now while Tua is not getting paid. Um, And so that's – and that's, like, why the Chiefs made this move. Like, they're going to have to start paying Pat a lot of money. Travis Kelsey's not – he's kind of old. Like, he's not going to last much longer. Like – they need to make a move to reload, so they can keep good teams around Pat and not waste a few years, you know, down the road yeah. in 23, 24, 25,
0: You know, I think this is a good move um, overall. Yeah, but I mean, just the way it caught us all off guard, Oof. it's just crazy. It's a weird. It's w- going to be weird to see him in a different jersey because you know this is one of the Dude, most he still iconic. Still looks so sweet of- in that teal. Yeah, he, he's gonna look really fast. Oh, he's gonna so look. Fast. I think he's gonna, he's gonna look, look-, look even faster than oh. like you're not, You thought but, he looked
1: fast in red. Oh, wait, wait yeah. you
0: see in this teal, dude, aqua. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's one of the biggest big threes, kind of that the NFL scene with Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek, yeah. and just kind of that the little mini dynasty that they had there. Yep. And yeah, it's kind of bizarre to see that over. But, you know, we'll see. I'm I'm curious to see what uh, other additions the Chiefs make or if they what they try to do with the receiver. It's a loaded receiver draft class, yeah, too.
1: Yeah, so. so I have a note there, too. They signed MVS from Marcus Valdez yeah. scaling from uh, Green Bay okay. Packers, which he's a really good receiver. I mean, if you're a fantasy player, you've probably had him or tried to pick him up at some point because he's fast, he gets open deep. He's had some injury history, but – Good pickup there. I heard they're obviously looking in the draft, but also also looking to sign somebody before that. I yeah. Got a name I heard today was Jarvis Landry. And, man, would that be a great addition.
0: Yeah, they would have a bunch of, like, really good number two receivers. <laughs> hey, that's
1: awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Travis Kelsey's is already your number one. So, yeah. who cares? So, yeah, exactly. Um, the other one big NFL news today – Earlier this week, for you guys listening on this weekend, um, NFL overtime rules got updated. The owners at the league meetings today voted to approve a new overtime rules. Both teams will get possession of the ball only in the postseason. So, regular season still the same um, as it has been, as it was. Come postseason, if we end up getting there, both teams will get possession of the ball which makes it interesting because now you want to be in the second team and a possibility to go for two, right?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: I would – oh, yeah, by far. Like if you're –
0: you want the ball second and maybe get a stop
1: and then you can go score whatever.
0: Yeah, kind of like college overtime. You know, you always want to be the team that gets the ball second so you can – Know what you need. Yeah, see what the offense – you know, what your defense is able to do. Um, But, yeah, I think that's definitely the move.
1: It would be good for the postseason. Now you don't have teams complaining, oh, our quarterback didn't get to touch the ball and our season's over, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you just had 60 minutes plus of overtime. You could have done a lot for your own team, but I get it. It's better for entertainment and it's better
0: for the fans.
1: Yeah, I, I get it for whatever.
0: Like Like regular season, you don't really care nope. about it. It's just get those games over with. But here, you know, it, it does make sense, especially after that Bills-Chiefs game. And not every single one of them is going to be like that, you know, uh, no. where, where it's just offenses are going crazy and you know that it's over immediately on the coin flip. So I yeah. do like that aspect of it. Um, does it change the outcome of that Chiefs-Bills game? Probably not. But th- it'll definitely change the outcome of some of these other games for sure. But, yeah, I, I think it's something that they needed to change. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm kind of glad they made that move.
1: Yeah, like I said earlier, probably not going to be a lot more moves going on for the next month, like big moves, um, free agent signings or whatever. Because now we got pro days and draft stuff coming up. Draft will be in a month at the end of April. Of course, I'll have a lot of stuff for you guys then of what teams could, may do, should do, all that good stuff. So, Brooks, back to you, man.
0: All right, let's get a little NBA talk in here as well before we get you guys out of this week's tailgate. A uh, couple things to hit on. Dustin, did you see the Miami uh, bench altercation last <laughs> week?
1: Dude, yeah, that was amazing. Uh, probably one of the best uh, clipboard throws I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my
0: God. He's like, like He, he had distance at.
1: on it, but it also landed flat and had a really good slap. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Like well, that so, was my favorite if, part of it was Eric Spolza was ready to fight and threw his yeah. clipboard like a good six feet and landed flat with a good smack. Oh, what a what a scene!
0: Yeah. So if you're unfamiliar with what we're talking about, last week uh, in a Miami Heat game, there was a scuffle on the bench by between Miami's own players, Jimmy Butler and <laughs> Eric Spolz. Eric Spolstra were going out. And the reason that you have Udonis Haslam still on the team was right there for that reason because yep. U D was ready to go. He was so he ready. Was ready to throw hands at Jimmy Butler. He's got Spo's he back. Wait. He cannot wait. He was like, All right, this is my time. This is what I've been here for. I don't think for. he even cares who it is. He's like, all right. No, I'll find. Like, you want to go? All right. I'm ready for it. That's how he was born ready for that moment. Um, but it was just really bizarre to see it. Like, a coach so mad at a player like that. Like, Spo was having to be restrained at points. Yeah. Butler was having Multiple to be restrained. Times. Yeah, like, it, it, it was pretty crazy. There was a fan video that you was, could see is sitting on the bench and going, what, do you want me to fucking fight you? <laughs> like, And it was like on it, the
1: court. Like, yes, it was during – Oh, the court, yeah. But it was out on the court. This wasn't in the bench area. Like, that was the it other
0: – it started kind of in the bench area and then it just kind of like kept growing to where it was there on the court suppose at like almost half court at one point, like it was pretty gnarly, like definitely something that got everybody on uh, NBA basketball Twitter was, you know, kind of parsing through and seeing everybody's reactions and, um uh, everybody's like i'd probably be duncan robinson who like what the fuck's going on what do i what am i doing here what how am i gonna help this situation but it was really weird to see especially a team that you know is the top of the eastern conference right now you know this heat culture and everything like that so very interesting any other little parting takes on what was a pretty eventful <laughs> uh little little time out there for them. no event.
1: that was one of the wildest things ever if you haven't <laughs> that it, go look it up it's not yeah. gonna be hard to search for <laughs> yeah
0: look up miami heat bench altercation and uh i'm sure multiple videos will pop up it was very interesting fun to watch but yeah so that that's kind of the main news little news tidbit that i wanted to hit on on the uh, nba this week uh real quick to catch all in you know we're less than two weeks away from the playoffs getting started so Here's what the standings are right now as I mean, you're not uh, as gonna we talk look tonight. At those right now, well, right now it's not great for uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, <laughs> but we'll start off in the Eastern Conference where it where at the top we've got the Miami Heat, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Boston Celtics. The top four teams that are all within one game of each other. So, uh, any given night these first place team can change. Uh, There's going to be a lot of jockeying for position here as some of the teams that sit in the lower part of the standings, you have the Chicago bulls who are kind of fading away here late at the fifth seed, Uh, Toronto Raptors, the feisty Toronto Raptors this year at the sixth seed, and then in that play-in tournament right now you've got the Cavaliers at the 7 spot who would play the Atlanta Hawks or oh, who would play the Brooklyn Nets. And then you got the Charlotte Hornets at the 9 who would play the Atlanta Hawks. So that's kind of how it's shaped up to be. Uh, so teams are probably going to be vying to not be in that 2 spot which is where I think you know a lot of people are thinking the Nets are going to fall and now that Kyrie is allowed to play in Brooklyn <laughs> And all of that, they are not a team that you want to see there either at the 7 or 8. So uh, there might be some jacking for position at the top just so you don't have to face the Nets in the first round. Uh, So that's what we've got in the Eastern Conference right now. In the Western Conference, we've got the Suns who are just like far and ahead above everybody right now. They've already clinched uh, a playoff berth. Uh, and they clinched the best record in the league already, so they'll be the one seed in the in the West right now. You got the Memphis Grizzlies at the two seed, the Golden State Warriors at three, Dallas Mavericks, the surging Mavericks are at the four oh. spot, and they're not too far back of the Warriors, so there's still a possibility that they could sneak up to that three. You got the Jazz at five, the Nuggets at six, and now in the play-in tournament, Ooh. you've got. Timberwolves and Clippers, seven and eight. And then the Pelicans and Lakers, the nine and 10 spot. But the interesting to thing to watch here is the Lakers are only half a game up of the San Antonio Spurs for that last spot. So there's a very big possibility that the Lakers could end up on the outside looking in. LeBron tweaked his ankle pretty bad and is actually sitting tonight in their game against the Mavericks, who are blowing them out of the water already they uh have
1: lost and the lakers are out yeah. of the play-in as we speak
0: yeah good stuff um, the <laughs> lakers yeah that, that's your, updated now what so. are your
1: thoughts on the lebron injury is he going to finish the season to try to get them in the play-in tournament or is he going to try to finish and get that scoring title all of the above
0: I don't really know. It's hard to say, I, you know, I think he really does care about the scoring stuff this season. Um, and when it's a waste of a season and just this shit storm of a team, I think if he feels good enough to, he'll come back and try to make that push. But yeah. I don't really see the need for it. I mean, I would rather him just rest, you know, let's just figure something out next season. Cause whether they make the play in or not, this team's not good. There's no way that they're going to no. beat whoever they're playing in the first round. If they're playing the Suns, they're not going to beat them. If they're playing the Grizzlies, they're not going to beat them. So, yeah, I just this season's a lost cause. But you know, he really wants that scoring title. He really wants to catch Kareem. So I think he's, I think every game for him matters because yeah. you know, as he gets you know up there in age, you just don't know what's guaranteed anymore. But as this Laker team, I just haven't been able – I haven't given a shit about them really all season. I'll keep up with, like, what's going on with LeBron, but it's just a closer fuck and not really worth wasting your time on. Yep. Uh,
1: just wanted to hear your uh, LeBron
0: fandom come out and see what you thought were. me yeah, I mean, he's just had a ridiculous year despite, like, all this shit. You know, he's still, like, up there at the top of scoring. Uh, he rolled his ankle and still put up, like, 39 points or whatever against the Pelicans. So, uh, I mean, most people, that ankle puts them out of the game. He's still able to go on there and, you know, have a really good game. So, you know, we'll see. It's honestly up to him. Um, but at this point, I just think it's a lost cause this season. Yeah. Yep. The season doesn't matter anymore, and y'all are going to be a first round exit, even if you do get into the play in. But that's all I got for you guys this week in the NBA. Next week, we'll kind of look at how things are shaping up as the postseason, you know, gets closer and closer. But let's catch up on some shot bets. <sighs> We're good. So this past week, we only had one shot bet for you. I think we got occupied with a lot of things going on in our lives over the weekend. Dustin, a a little under the weather. I was moving my girlfriend in. So there wasn't a whole lot of paying attention to social media unless it was, you know, about Texas Tech baseball. Uh, But our first shot bet and only shot bet was Texas Tech as a one-point favorite against Duke, we of course rode with Texas Tech on that one, but Duke won the game, so they uh, so give us the shot bet Ooh. lost. Uh, if you were paying attention, I paid off my two shot bets that I would owed. Uh, Dustin now owes three shot bets, so you know a couple weeks ago we cleared those bets off, and now we're, you know kind of starting at the bottom again on those. This week's we will tweet them out once we get closer. Uh, Duke versus North Carolina in the Final Four will be our first shot bet, and our second shot bet will be the national championship on Monday night between you know whoever reaches that destination. So pay attention to our Twitter, Instagram. We will get those tweeted out to you. You know, hopefully on time. That way you can get your vote in. And as always, if you got a shot bet debt to pay off. You know, send us a photo, video, tweet at us. Uh, I just paid off my shop bet. Uh, we would, you know, love to love to see those debts getting paid off. It's something that we try to do for fun with you guys. So, um, Dustin, before we get out of this tailgate, you got a final shot for us this week.
1: Man, I got no final shots. Where you've been? You said caught up with basketball and baseball um, and the flurry of football news. So
0: I'm just hanging on tight with what's going on already. Yeah, I'll go something outside of the sports world. Um, something I'll, I'll actually not going to go with what I wrote on, on the thing. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that real quick after, but I uh, <laughs> w- wanted to shout out my sister. Uh, if you have paid attention to um, my my personal life or anything like that, you'll know that my sister is a musician that lives out in Los Angeles. And uh, she has recently changed her artist name to Danny Mac, kind of a little tribute to my father. His name is Danny Mac. Her artist name is spelled a little differently, but uh, she's trying to get that going. And so she has a song being released tomorrow called Someday that's going to come out on Spotify. And if you follow her, you can catch that, uh, song once it's released tomorrow. Uh, follow her and you will be able to catch any songs that she's releasing if you follow that account. She previously had one on her actual name, Bailey. This is a complete different Spotify. So if you followed her before, we'd appreciate you going over there and giving her a follow there and catch that new song that she's got. She's pretty talented. Uh, I am her brother, so I'm always going to think she's talented, but she actually does have some pretty damn good songs. She's a really good singer-songwriter, and so Uh, She kind of got fucked over by a previous company, so she's trying to get uh, her name out there and everything like that. So if you want to support people doing cool things, go and give her a follow, Danny Mac. I will post the Spotify link on my Twitter and probably the Tailgate Talk Twitter, too, just to get her maybe some eyes on that. But Dustin, did you want to talk about the slap heard around the world?
1: Sure. (laughs) Holy crap, one, I wouldn't even know the Oscars were going on Sunday night, if that didn't happen. Um, but wow, what a assault on Chris, assault. Chris Rock's face. Like You can't just go punch him in and then cuss him out in front of all these people. And of course, I think it was real. There's people that think it was fake. I think if it was fake, Chris Rock would have had a better comeback. Right, yeah. Being stunned uh, and shook wow. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Man. It was bizarre.
0: What, what the fuck is Will Smith's problem? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get some of it. Like, like when you watch it, you know, you you find out the stuff about Jada Pinkett and all that stuff. But yeah, nothing gives you the right to go up there and just slap somebody at an event like that. Like that stuff that you could I think, you handle off stage. Yeah. If you have a um, problem
1: with a joke. That you know you're gonna get some flack here or there about something at these award shows. Like, handle that
0: afterwards, man. But I'm definitely here for the content because that was (laughs) great. I mean, Uh, I was just like, "Hmm," you know, there's no big sporting event going on. All the you know games had finished, so I was just, I kind of let's see what's going on on Twitter, and then Twitter was blowing up with all of that footage. It was. Absolutely amazing. So, uh, appreciative of Will Smith for giving us something to everybody to react to, and that's going to be used for years and years and years and years as, yeah. as a meme and as a gif and as all sorts of things. So, um, yeah, the slap around the world, and hey, kept the Oscars relevant, like I guess, uh, for the time being. But uh, other than that, you got anything else nah. for the tailgate this week, Dustin? I'm no. good, man. <laughs> all right, well. Make sure you are following the tailgate on Apple and Spotify, giving us those five-star reviews, five stars to get into this tailgate. Make sure you're following us on social media as well at tailgate underscore talks. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate. Peace.